welcome to VB Engage episode four. four. My name is Stuart Rogers with VentureBeat, and I am with my co-host here, Travis Wright. Travis, how are you doing today? That's me. That's me. I am always doing well. Thank you, Mr. Stuart Rogers. I mean, we are just trying to tell the story of how we sell and market products and services in the 21st century, but we're trying to throw a little bit of humor and a little bit of comedy in there as well, right? Yeah, technology sometimes can be a little boring, but not VB Engage. No. <laughs> Never boring. No. I mean, you've got a term for it, right? What we're trying to do? I have a term. It's called snarketing. <laughs> it's, it's as if you uh, know how to speak words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am a word masher upper. <laughs> and uh, today we are going to be bringing on an amazing guest. We are going to be talking to Sarah Austin today about all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. And next week, we're going to be talking to Maya Gupta about marketing technology, right? Not snarketing te- technology, but marketing That's different. We're going to, you know, Mayor, he's a, he's a brilliant fellow. He is uh, one of the top marketing technologists in the world. Uh, he kind of lays out his framework for how he thinks about building the marketing technology stack. So uh, if anybody in your organization is, uh, you know, thinking about how to build and put together your marketing technologies... You're going to want to tune in. Excellent. So look, you know, uh, the news this week, we've, we've been looking at the news. And of course, uh, we just had Google I.O. Um, what was it that caught your attention at Google I.O.? Well, there's a couple of things, but did, aren't they releasing a new messenger? Yeah, they've got uh, a thing coming out called Allo. Allo. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come with a free English accent. <laughs> That's cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> Allo is, is kind of interesting in a lot of different ways, right? I mean... Uh, messaging apps are really starting to come to the forefront. I mean, obviously, Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. and then at F8, the developer conference, they announced everything that we uh, already knew they were going to announce um, with the uh, addition of the uh, artificially intelligent bots and mm-hmm. the chat bots. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these aren't artificial intelligence, by the way. Some of these are just chat bots that have got actual real human beings off the back of them doing good old-fashioned customer service. Mm-hmm. It's just that calling it a bot. They're calling it a bot. Right. It's a, it's a shiny interface to get your question to somebody who can actually answer it, right? Right, so right. That's what's happening in some of these cases. Um, you've got Kick blowing up with the same mm-hmm, thing. You, can, mm-hmm. you, Travis, for example, can buy uh, your lipstick um, from Sephora by just you know, chatting to Sephora using Kick. Did mm. you know that? I think you actually used that joke with Sarah later on. <laughs> so no, I'm not buying lipstick. <laughs> you know, but but there's a there's a thing called Skype out there, right? WhatsApp and all of these other messaging tools that are out Telegram and I mean there's so many different ones and Google already has one kind of, right, with Google Hangouts. Yeah, and, and now they have yeah. a new one. And and what I liked about the demo for Allo was um it did actually show some reasonable use case, right? So there's a whole group of you on a group chat and you're chatting about uh, maybe all going out tonight. And so you can bring up uh, a carousel list of all of the local Italian restaurants because you decide, oh, let's, walk, let's eat Italian, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'll select which one you want, and some choices come up, some, some obvious choices. And this is based on the technology that's in Google now, right? So they're calling it Google Assistant. Some people are saying that Assistant is actually a better word than bot. Generally, because you know, chatbots and bots, a bit of a scary term. Assistant is a helpful term. I'm not sure about you, but I, whenever I think of assistant, I think of that really terribly awful Microsoft paperclip uh, that was just a <laughs> clippy. Clippy. Yes. It was the bane of everyone's lives. That's so true. But you know, so maybe assistant isn't the right word, but this assistant pops up some choices against the 
restaurant that you've chosen. So it will say, do you want to book a table using OpenTable? And you click it, and it takes you through and, and does the booking within Allo. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it'll pop up saying, you know, can I call you an Uber to get you there? And it'll do the Uber within the messaging app, within Allo. Google is, is releasing some interesting things. I just downloaded Gboard for my iPhone, which is the Google keyboard. And they're including some of that within the keyboard. So the ability to search from within the keyboard, I think, is, is a really cool feature. I've used it multiple times already, not only to send somebody a map uh, within a text, but also to communicate, to find GIFs, to find funny images, right? All within that particular platform. So I think that's phenomenal. Now, there is one issue with Allo. Google have already registered Allo on the uh, Google Play Store. They've registered it on the, uh, the Apple App Store. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that... Uh, there already was an app called Allo. Uh-oh. There's, a, there's an Allo app. It's a group voice chat. Uh, so it's basically a group messenger. It is uh, from a company called Allo.im. Um, you know, it, it doesn't get the world's best uh, review scores. I mean, it does get four out of five stars, uh, but there are only 420 reviews. And so I don't think it's going to cause Google a massive problem when right. it comes to actually saying, look, you can't use this name yeah. anymore. But they've done that before. They've it's not the first before. time they've done that. I remember vividly they've done this before. I mean, if you go back to the original, the original communication uh, messenger app, the, the one that we now call Messenger, which, by the way, they renamed it to Messenger at the same time as Facebook had Messenger. So you have two apps called Messenger, which is mm-hmm. confusing. But uh, they did originally call that Huddle. And there's a British company that has a project management platform, which is also document management and also chat between mm-hmm. your, 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 fr- your it's colleagues. It's rather slacky, right? right? Sort of it's, slacky. it's kind of slacky. Um, it's slacky, but with uh, proper document management and proper mm. project management and tasks and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, and they successfully got Google to change the name, right, from Huddle to something else because of that, that group messaging platform within Huddle. They said, no, it's too close. You can't have that. Small company, but they mm-hmm, won. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Allo.im are going to just turn around to Google and say, no, you can't call it that. We had it. We had it already, and it's, right. it's already on your platform. That'd be like me saying, hey, I'm going to create a website called Google. Spell it a little differently. Like, really? How are you going to do that? It's a- <laughs> and that's it. And this isn't even... Oh, somebody already owns that. Never mind. My bad. This isn't even spelled differently. It's spelled exactly the same. Exactly. Well, they're Google. They can get away with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the only Allo. Um, you've got Google Allo. Um, you've got Allo Group Voice Chat. You've got Allo Social Video Chat, which is spelled A-L-O. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Allo from Allsoft. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get a sunburn, you can put some aloe vera. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe they'll just argue. That's not an app, though. Maybe they'll argue that since everyone's <laughs> called their app Allo, that it's fair game and they can do right. it. But uh, I, just, I just have this issue with when Google do that. They don't uh, seem to just have a look at what is out there and come up with something that's an original name that... Uh, you know, they might not have to have a battle around, right? I mean, yeah, most everybody else, whenever they have to come up with a new startup name or they have to figure out what social channels they're going to use, you know, they, they have to do research and figure out something that somebody doesn't already own or someone doesn't already trademark. And not Google, though. They'll just <laughs> say, I put my flag down here and I've claimed this for the Googles. Now, the Google Assistant is interesting because that's also going to live in Google Home, mm-hmm. uh, which is their competitor to Amazon Echo, mm-hmm. um, which is a product that, as a, as a Brit, I have a personal beef with because, of course, Amazon being Amazon, just as they did with uh, you know Kindle Fire 
a Kindle Fire phone, you know, with other pieces of hardware that they've launched. They, they launch them happily in the United States of America, but they don't actually get to getting them out to the United Kingdom and Europe, either at all or at least several months later. And by the time they get them to us several months later, Kindle Fire, 11 months passed between the US and UK launches. What happened was Samsung and everybody else launched a tablet that was the same price or cheaper, that had better specs, and allowed you access to the entire Android app universe and not just the Amazon version of that, Mm -hmm. right? which is the cut-down Amazon cleansed version of the Android universe, right? You know, and they're shooting themselves in the foot. I've got no doubt at all that even though there might be a, a disparity between the US and UK launches and European launches of Google Home, it won't be 11 months. It, it's probably going to be a global launch of this product. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to call it Google Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> they may well be. If they hadn't already named it Google Home. Google Echo probably. Was, yeah. So, you know, you've got this, uh, this Google Assistant. It's lived its life inside Google Now. Google have had for a very long time uh, the best voice-to-text technology and uh, the uh, natural language processing technology to really understand what it is you're saying and in what context and then give you an answer. Mm-hmm. Certainly better than, than Siri or Cortana at this point, although you know they're getting better too. So the combination of these items, you know, we're going to get to a future, and businesses need to be careful about this, right? Because we think in terms of app store optimization and search engine optimization right now in terms of keywords. Mm-hmm. You've got to get away from thinking in keywords. You've got to start thinking about what are the actual natural language sentences people will say in order to find your app. What are the natural language sentences people will say to buy your product or service? And what apps and what services like Google Home, like Amazon Echo, like Siri, like Cortana, like all of these, will you need to connect to and be part of the ecosystem for in order to make sure your product and service gets noticed? Because what's going to happen is you'll wake up in the morning, you'll ask these you know, smart speakers to tell you what's going on today. They'll tell you your itinerary. They'll tell you that you're going to be half an hour late for your first meeting because there's traffic And that's the fastest route they can find. And so you'll be able to say, hey, can you move my first meeting by 30 minutes um, and email Susan to say, sorry, I will be there late. And can you also change my dinner reservation for tonight? And by the way, when it comes to dinner tonight, I don't want to drive to get there. I'd like to have a drink. You'll say that and it will understand that that means rebook the meeting, send an email to all of the people, give them a really nice email experience, tell them you're going to be 30 minutes late. Um, say if they have to cancel, they can just click a link to cancel and rebook. And then it'll move the dinner reservation via Open Table or whatever is your favorite uh, booking system. And then it'll understand that you said, I want to have a drink. I don't want to drive. And that will be the signal for it to know to call you an Uber because you're not going to take your car. And it'll call it for you and it'll be there at the time you need it for you to be on time for your friends. And that's the future we're headed mm-hmm. into. Amazing. It's, it's going to be ridiculous, but businesses need to know this because mm-hmm. if you're not integrating yourself in these ecosystems, if you're not adding your product and service to those platforms, and if you're not optimizing for real good old-fashioned language rather than just individual keywords, you're not going to get found and you're probably going to get lost in the system. How do you feel about that, Travis? Just blew my mind, blew everybody else's mind. No, it's, that's, that's where it's headed, and it's, it's so interesting. You can see how... 
with with Facebook Messenger and how they're utilizing the bots and Kick using bots, WeChat's using bots, you know, Google I.O. now and Allo, they're going to be using bots, I mean, assistance, and we're going to be able to vocally tell our, uh, you know, system what we want, when we want it, and it's going to do it for us, and that's, um, it's going to put a lot of people out of job. You're going to need to uh, continue educating yourself so that way you can still fit in within because there's going to be a lot of jobs that disappear down the road, I think. And we should talk about that on another episode of VB Engage because I've got a theory about that. And I've also got a theory about why we won't actually speak to all our devices in the future. Because We're going to think to them, right? There's a reason why messenger apps are, are getting a lot of attention. But we don't have time for that today because we've got to get Sarah Austin out. But before we get to talking to Sarah Austin about this stuff, we absolutely cannot do this without the aid of our incredible launch sponsor, um, you remember the first dollar you made? Now you want to grow to make your billionth. Have you found the right payments partner to grow with you? Braintree lets you accept every way to pay, from PayPal to Apple Pay and everything in between. All it takes is one integration, and it doesn't matter what currency your customers use, because Braintree lets you accept over 130 of them. Uh, to learn about how your company can grow with Braintree, visit braintreepayments.com forward slash VB engage. All right. Next up, we have the interview of the day and we have with us Sarah Austin and Sarah is the CEO and founder of broad listening. Uh, she's also the founder and CEO of peak energies, which actually created broad listening. And she is the chairwoman of the board for coding FTW, which is coding female tech warriors. And also you may remember her from the Bravo reality TV series, startups, Silicon Valley, Sarah Austin, welcome to VB engage. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's an absolute Thank pleasure you. to have you here. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, all sorts of fun stuff today. I mean, you know, some people would say that I am artificially intelligent. So uh, how about we dig into artificial intelligence as a, as a nice starting point? You know, everyone's talking about AI right now, especially with regards to uh, what's happening with uh, Facebook Messenger and, uh, and M and chatbots and all of these good things. Why are people investing so heavily in this space? And, and in reality, you know, how big is the market, Sarah? Voice assistants, AI, and chatbots are all very hot right now. And it seems like every single company wants to build one. A couple of years ago, I was working at a voice assistant product company called Plexi Voice. It's a Siri competitor. Before that, I was working at a company, Sayer, and they were going to be a Siri competitor. So, you know, there's a reason that all of these companies are trying to go out there and compete with Siri. And that's because everybody in business is going to end up with an interface to their data, which is voice, which is chat, and where I believe is really going to be email. And, you know, we all want to have this personal assistant so that we can have help making our decisions. And that's really where the future is going to be. The space is huge. All of these companies collectively have invested around 35 to $40 billion in the space, mm. and they're betting on this space because it's going to be so big. If you look at Merrill Lynch and Bank of America's estimate that one in two jobs will be replaced by AI, 
And then you look at the World Economic Forum's predictions in their report that came out in January that says one in three jobs will be replaced by AI. Then, you know, you're really looking at the total global labor market. And even if you went on the conservative side and you said one in three jobs, that's a $70 trillion market. And then you say, well, you know, people are not going to pay the same price to a bot that they would pay for human labor. So you can look at half of that. And then you were to say, hey, let's just look at one company that could take 10% market share of that space. You're looking at a company with revenues the size of the GDP of India. We're talking about a market so big that if you had the equivalent of the big three in automotive or what Microsoft was for a long time, one-fourth, 25% of a market or what Google has right now in their space, you're looking at a company with revenues annually, the GDP of Japan. That's looking at a valuation the GDP of the USA. That's ginormous. I've actually had some some fun times. Uh, my son, he's fourteen. He, uh, he he said, "Hey, Dad, there's there's these fun games on Kick, and it's this chat bot, and so we're playing this zombie apocalypse game via chat on Kick, and it's been pretty fun. And uh, the, you know, you do, obviously don't want to get eaten by the zombies, and you want to live. But so so chat bots, you know, there's some cool things that's going on with with games, but. But also you mentioned how, how chatbots are going to be very influential within the work environment. So what does the future of work look like And when we're including you know, AI and machine learning and chatbots? I mean, what are we going to be expecting here and, and how soon is it coming? Certainly I do see the application of video games and that's something I've looked at. But for enterprise and people like you and I working at a desk um, inside the office, it's going to look more... In the immediate, I see as an email interface. A chat interface, there's still some latency because the bot has to go out and get all of this information. So I think that chat as an interface that's really functional in enterprise is going to take a little bit of time. But as far as email, you can do stuff like start this task now, and then that task might take six hours. It'll come back in six hours, which would be the equivalent of what a human could do in a week. And you'll say something like, hey, I'm going to throw this conference. I need you to get me all of the venues for this conference. And we're going to throw it. And I need the best deal. And I want you to get me all the bids on all these things. And I want to know who responded with availability and who didn't. And it's all this planning and procurement stuff. And so what will happen is your bot will go out to all these hotels and venues. And your bot will talk with their bot. And the bots are going to do negotiations. <laughs> the bots are going to figure out things. And it's going to be this really nice, cushy, happy firewall between you getting the most relevant information to make decisions on, like what hotel venue you're going to go with and does it accommodate all of the people that you anticipate attending your conference. And you're going to be able to make a decision with, hey, go get me an LOI. And then the bot will come back and say, here's the LOI and you'll sign it, and you will have this done within six hours where it might have taken you two weeks to do it on your own. That's really intriguing, but it brings up a question about what happens when the supplier's bot basically starts to lie to get a better deal. What happens when the uh, artificial intelligence starts to lie in order to improve its chances of success? Well, I mean, I think that you're going to have the same issues with people. I mean, people can always be deceiving in business. But 
at the end of the day, a person's going to have to make the decision. So no deals are going to go through without a person signing off or a person looking at it and making a decision. So let's say it's going to ink, it's going to be contracted. Then that's when it's coming down to two people interacting. If a bot gives inappropriate information, the bot's actually probably going to be less likely to give inappropriate information than a person would because there's less room for error. So it actually decrease that probability, but you would have the bot being able to access all of this corporate data. So to know like stuff like, hey, if we give you X percent margin as a discount, we need you to buy this many hotel rooms. Like if you want a ho- 100 hotel rooms, we can take a smaller margin. If you want to only book 10 hotel rooms, then the margin is going to be higher because that's what the bots will be able to figure out, that kind of like planning and procurement stuff. And, you know, everyone keeps talking about um, chatbots from the perspective of uh, the messenger apps. I think because messenger apps, you know, they've, they've seen hockey stick growth. They're the fastest growing apps in the, uh, in the app economy and in the ecosystem. And so they're, they're attractive. Beyond the messaging apps, you know, you mentioned email, but, you know, what will this, this interface of uh, chatbots and an artificial intelligence look like in the long term? Surely it can't just sit inside, you know, apps and on desktops. I think it's going to be a combination of email interface, chat interface, and a little bit of voice interface. And it's going to be a combination of sorts because lots of times you're going to want to say something like, what is the future value of this item next week? Like if you're a leather company for sheepskin, you're going to want to get this information instantaneously to make decisions. So you can just pull out your iPhone and you can talk to it with your voice as an interface and to get information maybe immediately in a board meeting um, for everybody to hear just like a person or you want to, you're quiet because somebody else is talking, so you want to pull up your phone and, and type in a, a question to get some information with a text chat interface. So it's really about having a combination of email, chat, voice, so that you can be able to access information for whatever is appropriate for your environment at that time. We had a bit of fun in the office. Uh, so for a little while, I think it was maybe three to four weeks. I was roaming around the office. I, I did look very much skinnier than I do now because um, I was basically a, a pole on a set of wheels uh, with an iPad at the top. Um, so I was sat here. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the I-beam? Yeah. Those I, are I, fancy. I, I had to ask them to you know, put a, a jacket on it just to make it look a, remotely human. But, um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I, I was roaming around like a Sheldon bot the San Francisco office. I was controlling it from uh, my keyboard in the United Kingdom. And uh, that was roaming around. I was having meetings with people. But, you know, ultimately, that robot version of me just became a distraction for everybody. And I think there's an assumption that bots and AI, you know, tied in with, uh, with robotic assistants and, and those kinds of things will help with or, you know, in some way uh, assist with, with teleworking. But we just found it a bit of a distraction in meetings. Everyone was just uh, focused so much on the bot that we weren't focused on the meeting. That could be because it's just too early and it's bleeding edge and everyone was, um, 
you know, just not used to it. Uh, do you think that we, we do face a future where we're going to have uh, the robots running around um, artificially intelligent and helping us out? Or do you think that that's just going to take so long to get there uh, that actually we're just going to use more traditional interfaces for this stuff? I think that it's about eight years away from being accepted. But I also think that, and this is the problem that I'm solving with artificial emotional intelligence, I think that that's the interface that we really need is something that makes it more human so you don't have this aversion to robots taking over the world and they're creepy and they're awkward and they're weird, but to really have that interface that can interface with humans just like a person would. And once we get to that level of interaction, I don't think people are going to know the difference between speaking to a person and speaking to a bot. Oftentimes, they're going to be interacting with bots, and they're not even going to know. That brings me to a new question about that, because you sort of touched base on that, about robots becoming a little creepy. And So how long until robots have feelings, and how long until robots become sentient and realize that humans are their masters and try to destroy us all. Is that, is that 30 years? I mean, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really think of the singularity like that where robots are <laughs> destroying everybody, but there is this fear and it's engraved in us and you know, there's Terminator and there's all these movies about this stuff. So I think that there's going to be some resistance unless tech companies supply their AI with a conscience and a subconscious. And that's the part that I'm selling with broad listening to AI because they're only focused on a very much of a, basically a conscious mind and they're not focusing on the whole brain. Mm. And I think that you do need to replicate the entire brain in order to have a human-like experience and that that will prevent robots from going crazy because they'll know the difference between right and wrong. I don't think that robots are ever going to have feelings they're not going to feel like we do with our heart and we have this unique empathy. Robots are not going to have empathy, but they can simulate it. They can understand human empathy, and that's what it's going to take. If you ask a robot with just a conscious mind, which is the current AI, hey, how do we solve the problem of hunger in Africa? The robot might come back and say, you should feed everybody rats. There's a surplus of rats, they're high in protein, affordable, everyone should eat rats. Humans emotionally would know that's disgusting and nobody's going to want to eat rats and that was a bad suggestion because we know that there's this creepy crawler sentiment and feeling that goes with rats. And that's the kind of stuff that AI is missing. Although that would make a fantastic new version of Ratatouille if we used rats. We could put the rat in Ratatouille. Sarah, we unfortunately have run out of time for today. We could talk forever about this. Um, we could or until the robots talk, kill us. Well, we could t- certainly <laughs> talk for nine whole minutes because apparently that was how long it took for the first AI bot to decide that humans weren't needed once it was switched on. Uh, came to that conclusion within nine whole minutes, apparently. Uh, but... Uh, you know, we could talk about this for hours, but unfortunately we've run out of time. Uh, it's been amazing to have you on today. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Austin. Thanks again. We appreciate you. Big thank you to Sarah Austin for being on VB Engage this week. And also a big thanks to our sponsor, Braintree. So make sure to check them out at braintreepayments.com forward slash VB Engage. Now next week, 
Our guest is Meyer Gupta. And with Maya, we're going to be talking about marketing technology, what to be considering with your marketing technology stack. Very, very interesting stuff. We have uh, some frameworks and stuff we're going to be talking about. Love it. That's a great, great interview. You'll enjoy that. So with that, we're signing off. Um, goodbye from Travis Wright. And it's Totzins from Stuart Rogers. Thank <laughs> you.